What's going on, guys? Welcome to another edition of Paraprobe. And yes, we are live. This is not a recording. And uh, this is me, Chance Hancock, one of the hosts of Paraprobe, with my partner in crime, Jesse J. Yo. What up? What it is. <laughs> and then we have Blue, our board up. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This has been a crazy week. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way right now originally we were going to have a guest on a flat earth guy to talk to him uh, about the theory of flat earth then i had a personal thing come up that was really really important it was uh family oriented it was pretty uh not i don't want to say it was emergency but it was definitely very important that we did not think we were going to be able to do a show this weekend uh at the last minute managed to get it squared away and so we're here to go ahead and do a show live but we had already canceled with the other person. We'll just reschedule them at another time. So we're going to be off the cuff tonight. We're going to circle back. Yeah, we're going to circle back. <laughs> Inside joke with me and Jesse. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I'm using that for everything now. I really am. Dude, I, I've said it probably like 30 times this week, I think. <laughs> it's the best. It really is. It really is. So tonight we're going to be uh, actually sharing some of our fondest memories of... Uh, our past episodes of Parapro. No, I'm kidding. We only had a handful, so it's <laughs> like three. Yeah, we're actually going to get more in detail about us, about uh, you know, about the ghost hunting team that we're members of, um, about us doing you know haunted investigations and such, um, all the way down to our past lives that not like past lives, like you know I was you know I queen of you. Egypt or something, but uh, you could have been the queen of Egypt. Stop it. <laughs> um, but we're more focused on talking about, uh, like what got us into paranormal stuff, you know, because Jesse and I both have had haunted experiences in our lifetime. And that is actually one of the things that, you know, primarily got me into doing paranormal investigations as I got older. Are so. you really putting your phone on silent right now? I'm calling yes, you I out. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm calling you out. I, I just saw a notification. <laughs> <laughs> she blew it into it either. Yeah, I just had a notification <laughs> pop up. Actually from, uh, Brooke Lewis. Uh, Brooke Lewis is a uh, actress over in L.A. Um, really, L.A. Yeah, she is hot. Uh, <laughs> she's a uh, a good friend of ours from our old show and everything. We've interviewed her before. Uh, she's done a lot. She's a scream queen, and uh, she's but she's done all kinds of stuff from writing books to fashion to you name it. You know, she's like you know verified on Instagram and verified on Twitter and all that stuff. And I just pick her on her on her about that, but. Uh, yeah, she's really cool. Actually, I'd like to bring her on the show sometime and talk to her. She's done some really cool uh, horror movies and stuff. Horror movies. Horror. Nice. Horror. Horror. Yeah, horror. there we go. Horror. Yes. Not whore. Horror. <laughs> I want to clarify. She's done horror movies, not horror movies. <laughs> Jesse J, on the other hand. <laughs> We're not going to talk about my past, okay? <laughs> hey, 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Hey, hey, so. hey, hey, hey. It was a little bit more than 20 bucks. <laughs> Uh, I remember my first born. I was so young, and I look good on camera. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we're going <laughs> to, sorry, Blue. <laughs> you knew this was what it was going to be like, being a part of this show. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just shaking my head, so I'm just. Uh, uh, uh. Blue is kind of like our conscience that we don't listen to. Did I say conscience? I meant to say conscious. Yeah, conscience. I was right the first time. <laughs> Man, I am. This has been one of those weeks that I cannot talk. I really can't. Shut up and drink your monster. I, um, <laughs> my, my friend that listens to this show was uh, saying that I remind them of Roz from Frasier, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. I'm like, yeah, okay, uh, fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of like, um,. If I had to, to describe you by using a, a TV character or something of nature, I would say you're Sheldon without the high IQ. Oh, okay, yeah. That's messed up. Why say, are you going to call him dumb? Because, well, no, dude. I, listen, I'm, yeah, I'm not that smart. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's Blue all right. Blue is smart, <laughs> but not super genius smart. I mean, come on. How? But Blue will also, at the same time, doesn't it can be have whole, that filter, no, 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 in no, a no, sense, no. like we don't, and we just say what's on our mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, we don't. We don't say what's on our mind. If I said what was on my mind, we would have gotten a FCC fine a long time ago, dude. If, if I, I would, I definitely would have gotten the show blackballed for saying what's on my mind, dude, Because it, like sometimes, bro, I'm, I'm sorry. When I, when I get questions and I can't get them answered, yeah, no. you do become like a wild little ferret at that point. Yeah, that. Actually, that's an apt description, yeah. a very you're, apt description of me. You're like a, a very hyperactive ferret. You know, like, have you ever seen a ferret, how they like hop around when they get excited? Yeah. Yeah, that's him. I will steal your crap, hide yep. it, and then laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Uh, I'm one of those guys that um, there are moments that I do publicly that I, you know, will be talking to somebody about this, that, and the other, you know, whatever the case may be, that all of a sudden there's a little, like, almost an alarm that goes off my head and goes, did I just say that part out loud? Because I wasn't sure if that was just a, in my brain or if it actually came through. And No, it came through. You you almost got me in trouble the other day. So I was working my day job, and I was on the phone <laughs> with Chance, and then I was talking to a customer, and uh, I had been cussing and spitting about something. I don't even remember what we were talking about. And then uh, I'm just jibber-jabbering to this customer and trying to explain something to him, and then I dropped the F-bomb, and I was like, wait, did I say that? Like, I am so sorry. I've been BSing with my buddy all morning. He's like, dude, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> So now we have a swear oh, jar. Oh man, <laughs> and that sucks considering you're, you know, an elementary school teacher. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm Sometimes kidding. those little kids, <laughs> those little. Mm. No, I'm kidding. Um, but no, I, I, honestly, I've been like that like most of my life. Like a lot of my friends really do say that I'm a I'm a nice a hole for lack of a better term. You know, because Are you bleach? I'm a nice guy, but I do sometimes say what's on my mind that I don't take the feeling in consideration because I don't have feelings. So I don't realize there should have been feelings involved in that when I brought it up or talked about it. So you're a sociopath. Yeah. Oh, that oh. explains everything. We got it all figured out. There's okay. a few of those during fair, so, you know, hey. Okay. Yeah. Right? Hey, at least you know, you know I am who I am. So it's all You are who you are. Yep. Mm. <sighs> okay, well. That was therapy with Chance Hancock. Okay, so we're going to be moving on to the show now. So anyways, uh, going back to the beginning of the show, we were talking about that tonight we're going to be talking about our past experiences with paranormal investigations down to our paranormal experiences that really got us into doing the paranormal. And I'm actually, for the first time ever, and because I've talked about my past before with paranormal experiences, I am going to share stuff that I never shared before. I thought that if we really want to get this show going and really get people in tune to who we are that I need to be more open with our audience. And I, you know, I, I'm all about, I'm all about like we, you know, our audience feeling like they're encompassed into our show when we talk to them, that they feel like they're a part of it because they know us. They have a little bit of familiarity with who we are. Now, granted, I'm not sending you nudes. So, so quit asking. If but you want to go streaking, talk to me. Yes. Then you can talk to Jesse. But other than that, though, I mean, I do want to share, like, some of the things that happened to me when I was younger that made me question, was it real, you know, overactive imagination to a child, you know, or was it these are experiences that were really actually happening? Now, were you asking, was it real at the time, or were you asking, like, or... Today. You... Today, asking if they were real. Okay. Uh, hence why it got me into doing paranormal investigations, because I want to know how much was actually out there that, you know, maybe I could re-experience again and go, man, that validates what happened to me when I was younger, you mm -hmm. know? Or B, that, you know, maybe it's just overactive imagination of a kid, you know. But there are things that happened to me when I was younger that scared the hell out of me, frankly, you know, because I was a kid. And today I look back on and I'm like, how much of that was, you know, overactive imagination, you know, or did it really happen? And I'll give you a couple examples here. One, um, my mother and father, they got divorced when I was really, really young, like three, okay. Uh, my Father had remarried this woman named Penny later on in my life, um, and uh, we wound up all, of course, you know, living together. My, you know, with my now stepmother at the time. Um, however, she was psychotic. Um, she was very abusive, um, verbally and physically. Um, my father was not. My father was a really great guy, so I want to make sure that's clear. I don't want that ever going out there. You know, that I thought my dad was beating me. No, my dad didn't beat me up or anything like that. He was a Big alcoholic, I mean, to be truthful, but, you know, he didn't beat me or nothing. Um, so anyways, so a lot of my, my younger life up until they got divorced was filled, obviously, with a lot of angst and fear. So it made me question when some of these paranormal things that happened in this home that we had, which was in Bradenton, Florida, was it contributed to possibly her causing this energy to happen in that home? Maybe there was something already there. Or B, was it... Maybe my brain taking in everything that was happening to me and turning that into nightmares I was having, so none of that stuff really ever happened to me. Or, C, was there actual paranormal stuff that was happening to me when I was younger? And one of them was me getting snatched out of my bed. And I don't mean, like, your mother or father coming in and waking you up and telling you to get out of bed real quick in the morning like you're late for school. No, something literally grabbed my foot when I was, like, maybe 10, I think, or maybe a little younger, actually, and snatched me out of the bed. Like, I hit the floor and jumped up streaming and running. And 
another moment was where I was laying in bed one night, and I was I remember when I was really young, I was scared of the dark, like most kids were, you know, so I like to have like the whole light on or something like that. And I remember I getting this ice cold feeling come over in the room, and then all of a sudden I turned and looked, and there was a there was four faces in the window. Um, and the best way to describe it is like a maybe like a Kiss album cover, you know, like like the Kiss album cover. I forgot which album cover it is, <laughs> where the four faces are side by side, like in a square. Okay, we just square went shape. down, <laughs> just downhill. <laughs> I don't care. It's the best way to describe it to give everybody an idea. So like you're you know two up on the top, two on the bottom, mm-hmm. and they were in the window staring at me, and uh, I remember they were cloaked figures, and they were like had their mouths wide open, staring at me. There was nothing where the eyes were. And then all of a sudden, like, one of them, their hand actually hit the window, and, like, it shook. They hit that hard. I went springing out of the bed and ran, right? So, now I do remember this for a fact, because, you know, could that have possibly been a nightmare? Absolutely, it could have been. However, there was a handprint on that window for, like, three or four days or whatever until it rained. So there was proof that there was like a, but there was like no prints. It was just a palm shape on that window, the exact same spot where it hit. Hmm. So that was another incident that happened to me when I was younger. Then, uh, then fast forward through life, you know, get rid of all that bad stuff. Then there was other things that happened, but that I won't go into, because um, that'll just make me angry for the rest of the night. <laughs> but. There was a moment like when I was staying over at my aunt's house one time, and every year the whole family would pick one family member's house, and we would all gather there for like Christmas, Thanksgiving, stuff like that, right? So my aunt's house, which was originally my grandmother and grandfather's house, when they my grandmother passed on, my grandfather had moved out of the home, you know, too many memories, and I get it, moved on to another home. Well, my aunt took over the house, okay? So we were all there one night, and and it was one of those like I remember it as a fond memory because like everybody it was almost like the Waltons. Everybody's in a separate bedroom, but the doors were open, so we're yelling out, talking to each other, and laughing yeah. and joking all night, right? So it was like one of my fond memories. So it was like the second I think the second night, right, that we're there, and uh, I was just really really tired. Decided to go lay down, go to bed early, and I, and I was like twelve, right? So I walk in there and I lay down on the bed. I remember I was just starting to drift off, and I heard the footsteps come down the hallway, come into the bedroom, and I felt the edge of the bed dip down. And I thought it was like my mother or my father, one of them coming in to check on me. So since I'm still awake, so I know I'm awake, I roll over to tell them, hey, I'm still awake, and there's nobody there. And I can see the end of the bed dip down where somebody is physically sitting with no one there. My feet touched the floor when I hit the hallway. Because I literally sprung off the bed and jumped. Dude, I became Spider-Man, bro. Right across that bedroom, my feet literally did not touch the floor until I was literally in the hallway and bounced off the wall and took off running. This gets worse. I've tried to get my aunt to let me go investigate this house, man. I have begged her to let me. She won't do it. She's afraid of drumming up activity because nothing's happened in a long time. She's afraid of drumming it up and making it happen again, so I, I get it. So there are other witnesses to this activity. Oh, dude, man, everybody in my family has shared stories about when this came up, everybody's like, you know, yeah, that was a great thing to help me sleep better that night. When I come out there and everybody's sitting in the living room, oh, my God, this will happen to me. Oh, well, let me tell you about the time. Oh, great, now I'll never sleep again. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, 15 stories later, you know, me peeing my pants. Um, so, anyways, the, the other incident that happened, and this is when I was older. Uh, I think I was, God, I had to be like 17, 18. I had stopped by there one time, and I've had other multiple paranormal experiences, but these are the ones that, like, really stick out in my head that I can, like, especially when I was, like, 17, 18, that I can go, okay, this really happened. This was not an overactive imagination from a kid, right? So I'm visiting over there. I think I was going to go hang out with one of my cousins or something that night, and so I'm over there. I'm talking with them, and I told them and said, hey, excuse me real quick. I'm going to the restroom before we take off. And so I, in this house in Tampa, I, I lived in Sarasota at the time, my hometown. So I go down the hall. It's a pretty decent-sized house, long hallway. I go down the hallway, and it, like, goes down, and then it, it like, juts to the left. And then uh, you have the bathroom on the right-hand side when you make that left, and then there's a bedroom across the hall from it. So I make the left. I walk into the bathroom, and uh, I was standing there, <laughs> you know, doing my thing. And, okay, you remember, like, the old medicine cabinets that had, like, the sliding glass doors and it was, like, a big metal box? Oh, okay, yeah. That's what they had because it was an old schoolhouse. 
old school medicine cabinet. Well, the cabinet door was open, right? So you know how heavy those things are. There was a tube of aqua fresh toothpaste that caught my eye because of the color. Remember the old, the old like green and white yeah. and red, right? Yep. So I think it was the coloring or it was a name. It just happened to catch my eye. And as I'm, uh, you know, going number one, I turn and happen to look in that cabinet, and I'm looking at it, and then all of a sudden the sliding glass door decided to go slam and slam shut. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Bye. I can tell you now that when you stop urinating midstream, hurts a lot. It hurts more when you're running, trying to zip your pants up at the same time. <laughs> I went flying out of that bathroom, man. There was no wind that, you know, people could say all day long going, oh, it was the wind that blew it shut. This isn't a hinged door. This is like it's weighted, and it's got little slats on the top and bottom. you got to slide it over. And these are the old-fashioned Yeah, they're the old ones. ones. They're hard to yeah, do. Yeah, you really got to put a little bit of butt, you know, behind it, a little hump, you know, to get that thing to actually shut. And that thing just slams shut like, you know, like somebody just literally just picked it up and just threw it, basically. I mean, it was so quick. And uh, so, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely, I will never forget that moment either, man, as long as I live. And I have tried time and time and time again as I've gotten older and, and researching the paranormal and everything else and then getting into doing investigations and then having my own team for a long time and then now, you know, being a part of Genesis Paranormal. Name uh, drop. Name drop. Doing all these different investigations that I've tried time and time again to look back on these things that happened to me when I was younger. And like I said, there's many others that I tried to figure out which ones were real and which ones were just made up in my head because of maybe a bad night experiencing with my stepmom or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I mean, there is a history with psychological damage and home abuse and overactive imaginations, but um, I feel like it's kind of validated with your family kind of sharing the same experiences. I mean, that one, I, I know it scared the crap out of you and stuff, but... Um, well, those those happened at my aunt's house. The yeah. the other house was, you know, with my stepmom was in Bradenton. And, uh, but you know what? I do remember hearing my father and my stepmom talking, you know, overhearing them talking about weird things that happened in that house. I mean, the handprint should have said it all, dude. Yeah. I yeah. mean, legitimately, if there's still a handprint there from them going... Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, too, like, well, when, when, you know, especially back yeah. then, being a kid... Dude, you had nobody to talk to. There wasn't. This stuff was not like mainstream now, like you know, ghost hunting shows and all this other stuff. You know, you know unless you could call Leonard Nimoy from you know, talk to him back in the day. Well, yeah, because he did in search of and all that. Um, you know, you did. You had nobody to talk to. You know, at least for a normal, average, everyday person. You know, there wasn't the internet to go look up a team to talk to. You know what I mean? So this is stuff I had to deal with when I was younger. You know. See, a lot of my experiences were shared experiences. That's why I kind of felt validated in it. Yeah. I mean, I, a couple of them, I was sitting here thinking that, like, some of them could potentially be chalked up to overactive imagination yeah. and kids being kids. But um, when things get thrown or, like, tossed or, like, move on their own, that's that's more... Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's pretty valid for me. Yeah. I mean, if they're... If it's got no strings to hold it down, no, no, no. There's nothing moving it except it. Then yeah, it's true. I, I've I've been on investigations and stuff where I have seen tele, you know, telekinetic activity happen where objects have moved with no seen force moving it, uh, such as a dog chain. Something as simple as a dog chain for walking her dog uh, was hanging next to the front door. Right. And this is an actual chain chain, not like a leather strap or anything of that nature. So it's kind of heavy and uh, literally getting ready to go walk out the front door and hearing a swack, like, a you know, the smack sound and turn and look and see that thing swinging to almost a full 180 degree pendulum. You know, like somebody had to hit it hard. So this is not when they kicked it up. Oh, it was the air conditioning turned on and made it do that. Um, nope. Nope. <laughs> Not unless it's connected to a blower. <laughs> That's one heck of a blower. I, I don't know of an air conditioning vent that pushes that hard, you know, to make a chain, a metal chain, swing up that high, you know. Um, I'd like one for the summer sport. Oh, I'll tell you what, man. But, I mean, I have experienced a, a couple, literally a couple. And, I mean, and throughout so many different investigations I've done or been in haunted locations, 
I, you know, I know, I know a lot of investigative teams out there that pretty much every investigation they go on is haunted. Mm, not for me. And I don't want to call them liars. I'm just saying not for me. It has not happened to me. I've been on tons of investigations where there was just nothing. You know, or at least nothing happened while we were there. Well, it's like Rick Mortis. I mean, ev- all the Ouija boards he has, and he has not had one single. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people are got it. Some people don't. Some people are lucky. Some people yeah. aren't. Or unlucky, depending on how you view it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, so I, I'm flipping through, and a lot of mine happened near woods. Like, I, I've said it before, there was a a history to where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Not a pretty history at all whatsoever. I mean, it's still there. And a lot of what's going on in the world right now has a huge effect on that place because this place has already been feeling like that. Yeah. And it just – that amount of raw emotion about things that were bad that happened kind of – it drums up things. Mm-hmm. You know, it can it – can, a place can be not haunted, and you can make it haunted. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I legitimately feel like that. I mean, yeah, like, like, some people say you can bring, like, a poltergeist home with you. Oh, absolutely. I think if you're thinking about it too much – It'll show up anyway. There was actually a uh, test that was done. God, I wish I could think of the person's name right now. Uh, this is like 100 years ago. This guy actually did a test with a location that they believe had no haunt going on whatsoever, no nothing. And it was a controlled environment where they had like four, I believe it was four college students who got together. And it's like maybe 100 years ago. And they focused to make a spirit like come alive like create an actual ghost by thought and they focused and focused and focused and the coffee table started moving now this is granted this is you know 100 years ago i can't verify nobody can verify whether or not that that was a real event that really took place that it really happened but i'm just saying that this is a story out there where it was another person who thought that well can you make a spirit manifest not like so much as like you know bring up you know dead dead aunt bertha but, like, actually create a spirit. Well, see, that's why I don't I don't mess with any type of seances or anything like that because you never know what you're going to be bringing up. You never know what kind of entity is coming up. You know, it could be something – it could be your Aunt Betsy's dead dog popping up or it could be freaking Satan. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, you're there, can you make your, if you're there, can you please make your presence known to me? Okay. <laughs> um, Actually, I, I kind of agree with that, but at the same time, I don't because, well, when you think about it, when you're doing an EVP session, same difference. You're actually reaching out, trying to communicate with something, you know. Well, it's like that you taught me. You're kind of, the way you do it, you're having a conversation with somebody else yes. and not talking to something. You're talking about something. Hey, yeah, exactly. I wish I wish something would, like, just speak, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I, I wish... I don't know. If there was something that, here, I wish they would let us know at least. That is something that, that I learned from Jeremy, our, our, you know, our good buddy Jeremy. Um, you know, he's the actual founder of uh, Genesis Paranormal. Um, that instead of like asking if someone is there or anything of that nature, like a lot of people do on normal EVP sessions, you know, if you're there, can you talk to me? If you're there, can you make this move? You know, whoops, you know can you make this rapping sound? Whatever. Instead... You make it where you and your partner are having a conversation about facts about that home that you have found or maybe the people who lived there prior or even people who may have passed away in the home that you are aware of. And you talk about that and then you go back and listen to the recording to see if anything comes up. Like let's say that this room right here, uh, Great Aunt Bessie died in this room, right? And you and I are sitting here and I'm going, yeah, I remember uh, they were telling me about this woman named Bessie who lived here that she you know, was a really happy woman. Very mothering, very, you know, nurturing to people. You know, the whole community loved her. And so you're talking about the individual without directly talking to the individual. And then going back and listen to DVP recordings, see if anything comes up, if they try to communicate with you. Like, you know, all of a sudden you hear, ooh, ooh, that's me, that's me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Something. But yeah. that that goes to further my point. Yeah, instead you of never... randomly going, is anybody here? Well, now you're leaving a wide open door. Well, yeah, that could be anybody you know (laughs) it could go from harmless aunt betsy to you know some demon i mean we talked to i lost his name i feel like a rich yes thank you you're welcome god valdez that's that's (laughs) lopez was in my head because we were watching um 
Never mind. Just move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching something. I don't even remember what it was now, but um Saved by the Bell, Mario Lopez. No, but the, the I just Saved love by throwing the... you off sometimes, so I hate go ahead. you. <laughs> okay. No, but the Saved by the Bell actor did die. Yes he did, Dustin Diamond, <laughs> so rest in peace, Dustin. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I like Screech. <sighs> so you were saying? Oh, it's gone. It's long gone. No, um, <laughs> score one for chance. <laughs> no, I mean you, you. You could be, you know, meaning to talk to Aunt Bessie, but something malevolent could pop up, and yep. then you can bring a whole another can of worms onto yourself, and you know, be like that one guy. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. You know, it's just like when we talked about with working with a Ouija board. A lot of people are like, "Oh my God, that's the devil's creation," and blah blah blah. It's made for people 8 to 10 years of age, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, and it's sold all around the world by Monopoly Brothers, okay? Or, or Parker Brothers or whoever owns yeah. it. Parker Brothers, yeah. But but the thing is, is that it's almost like it's almost like the way you would view like a kitchen knife. A kitchen knife is a tool to cut meat and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, in your kitchen. Now, if you pick it up and you stab somebody, well, now you're a murderer. Now it's a weapon. Same <laughs> thing with the Ouija board. The, the Ouija board, all the Ouija board is, is to help you focus while you're trying to reach out to someone. It's exactly. Just, it's just a focal point, okay? It's now, another act of, you know, trying to focus a spirit into existence or trying exactly. to summon up a spirit, um, a spirit with thought. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, that's why, like, all these, like, shows and movies, like Supernatural. I'm a huge Supernatural fan. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're sitting there doing a seance, saying magic words, all like this, and chanting. Mm-hmm. And then, like, something magical happens. And it's like, no. Well, be- and the reason why I say this is because I've seen so many people out there going, don't use a Ouija board. That is a instrument of the devil. That you will conjure up a demon that will rule this world, or whatever the case may be, that they're so worried about. Really? Then explain Hollywood, because I've seen a hundred movies where people use Ouija boards. Did anybody die on film set when that Ouija board? No. Did any paranormal activity happen? Well, then again, maybe. Maybe they just never told anybody. But actually, they would have, because you know what? That would have sold more tickets for the movie. If they would have said, this film is actually haunted. We were using a Ouija board and filming, and this happened, and that happened, and yada, yada, yada. Dude, the Blair Witch Project, prime example. Well, there's people how... try to make people out to believe that that was a real documentary in the beginning. Those guys were geniuses when that came out. They were. <laughs> uh, I remember when that came out too. Yeah, I, I, I still don't think I've ever seen it. Like I, I watched. It's a good movie. I think I've watched a quarter of it, and I was just like, "No, I'm done." And then Saul came out shortly thereafter, and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Dude, my favorite like was this. There was this one movie. I think it was called. Oh God, the fourth kind or something like that. It was it was a a mockumentary where there was a documentary about a UFO that was like yeah. that people were being abducted. Yep. Right? And I remember some people saw that film and they called me up and were like, "Dude, have you seen this movie?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, actually, I watched it the other night." They're like, "What do you think about that documentary, man? That's insane that that happened. They got all that on film." I'm like, "That's fake." You realize those people are actors, right? Well, they were just portraying the people. You know, that they actually did the documentary on. They were showing actual. Uh, film recordings of the real people. I'm like, it's like paranormal activity. I'm like, dude, if you read the synopsis, even in the synopsis, it tells you that this is a mockumentary. It's not real. Dude, paranormal activity. I legit at first thought it was a documentary. Oh my god! It. And then I was like, wait. You know, at least you admit to it. That's yeah, cool. no, no, no. I that's I, I got it probably ten minutes into it. I was like, this is fake. This is definitely fake. I was like, this is too boring <laughs> to be real. You life. start becoming, dude. You was know, so funny. Is like, and I've seen investigators do this, man. Be on an investigation and something actually paranormal happens, or it could not even be it's just something that startles them. Dude, they become Rain Man in like ten seconds. They'll be like, yeah, that didn't happen. That definitely didn't happen. Nope, I'm going to Kmart. Definitely going to Kmart. Yeah, I mean, I have seen people <laughs> freak out, man, on investigations before, and they do. They become the Rain Man. It's it's I don't know. It's awkward. It's weird. Yeah, I I mean I've I've gotten like that for a little bit. I mean usually see I'm I'm too investigative. I I have too much of a background of investigating of like using scientific method to try to debunk or like prove You're, something. You are just like me. We are just dumb enough to get ourselves possessed <laughs> because our curiosity. You know the old saying, curiosity kills a cat? Our curiosity will get us killed one day because you and I both, the the curiosity overrides the fear. Well, on the other hand, I have probably got multiple personalities, so we'll 
Oh, yay. Yeah, yeah, we'll beat up on it. <laughs> we'll kick it out. <laughs> Great. That'd be the moment doing an investigation. It's like, is he possessed? Well, I don't know. <laughs> that might be Joshua coming out to talk. I don't know. <laughs> I probably have multiple personalities. They're all named the same, but they're probably. <laughs> well, Jesse can be a boy or a girl's name, so it makes sense. No, no, it's, it's not even like that. I, I, my wife says it sometimes because, like, I have that switch. Dude, where, like, in I all flip. actuality, <laughs> everybody has that. Everybody has that moment where another character of themselves basically takes over to get them through that issue. Uh, like, prime example, somebody is maybe making you feel a little intimidated. So all of a sudden you become this, like, you know, really tough person in your mind and all that. You know, that it kind of splits off to take over. Or, like, driving in traffic. How many people every single day are driving in traffic, la, 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 they get cut off, and they become the punisher. They want to hunt them down and kill their family. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got ran off the road on the way up here. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, man. Not even kidding. Yeah, traffic was got, horrible on the way here. I got ran off the road. We came out of the toll booth. I got ran off. This dude was switching lanes. I'm in the lane. I'm in the daggum lane. He's switching lanes into me. I swerve off the road, go around him, and, like, I... I, I I probably should have gotten a ticket. <laughs> he just gave me a memory. It was hilarious. Riding with my dad one day when I was younger. My dad's driving. This, you know, like, car is right next to us. We're going down the road, and my dad's got the window down, smoking his Marlboro. And the car next to us starts to come into our lane. And, I mean, they're not, like, a little ahead of us and are coming over not realizing. They're, no, they're beside us <laughs> coming over. My dad literally leaned out and knocked on the window real quick. And the woman looks, and my dad goes, pardon me. <laughs> I swear to God to you, man. She, like, did that, like, <gasps> you know, the guy, the husband or whatever does the same thing. He jerks the wheel. I thought they were going to go off the road on the opposite side because he jerked back over so quick because he realized he was getting ready to hit our car. Dude, I'm dying. My dad... My dad, nothing phased this man, ever, ever, <laughs> all right? And that's definitely where I get my sense of humor from, from him, because you know me. I'll, I will, I, my humor comes where I say stuff that's funny, but you think I'm being serious, but that makes it even funnier. My dad, one day when I was like 15 years old, my buddy Ron just got this brand-new Honda scooter, two-seater, right? Calls me up. He's like, bro, we're going to the beach, dude. I'm like, I'm here. Come get me. Now... His father. How'd that go again? <laughs> Ron's father had adjusted the carburetor. So this scooter that once did only 45, 50 miles an hour now does 90. What? Great. And he was like, yeah, you got to check this bad boy out when I get there. I'm like, rock on. So all I know is about five minutes later, ten minutes later. Rock on. I hear this. About five, ten minutes later, I hear this pissed-off mosquito on steroids coming down the road. <laughs> now, mind you, front door's open. This like springtime. And we got the screen door shut, but the front door's open, so you see it out, you know, out in the front yard. And then you hear brakes, a crumple sound, and then you see Ron go flipping past the door. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you see the scooter go flipping past the door. Kid you not. Without missing a beat. I'm flying off the couch like my best friend's dead. I come flying off the couch, and my dad, without skipping a beat, goes, Ron's here. <laughs> Swear to God to you, man. That's a, so we both go out there. Ron was such an idiot, man. I, I kid you not. His name was Ron Harris. Ron was such an idiot that Ron literally gets up, does, does himself off, and without skipping a beat, he goes, Did you see how fast I was going? <laughs> <laughs> this is how I grew up. This was my friends, and they still, all my friends, like you, you know, all my friends, and, you know, are like that now, so. I, uh, I'm like that, in that, like, when something crazy happens. There's been a lot of instances where something goes wrong with the car, mm -hmm. and, like, my mom's, like, there's one time my mom's, like, driving, and she goes to turn, and the steering wheel just keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, like, we look at each other, and we're, like, uh, and we look straight out, and we're right about to run into the front end of a bar and we're like okay well <laughs> so I've, I've had a lot of instances where that i have many many stories where everyone's like oh my god oh my god and i'm like pull over to the side you just need to find a place to pull over on the side blah, blah, blah. at that point tom be like you know what that's a sign we almost crashed into a bar let's go have a drink yes we yes. need it now <laughs> i was in i was in like middle school okay well it's, <laughs> time, yeah. it's time to start not, yeah. not <laughs> I remember back in the day being young enough, like, you know, for me, I'm obviously a lot older than you, Blue. But I remember back in the day, my mom and dad actually taking me into a bar during the daytime. 
shooting pool and all that while they're oh, having yeah. a couple of drinks and all that. And then happily driving home, of course, you know, with me in the car. My wife worked <laughs> in a bar when she was a teenager. They didn't care back then. No. Sure. My wife worked in a bar when she was a teenager. That was her very first job. She was a bartender. Oh, we'll see. There at a go. bar. She was like, I don't know, 16 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's literally been a bartender all her life. <laughs> It's like, uh, so you're going to work here. Uh, do you have your ID? No. Do you have a phone book? Why? Do you need to call someone to bring it? No. I need to stand on so I can see over the bar when I serve drinks. <laughs> so, yeah. I, yeah, that's definitely, I, I get it. I, uh, yeah, I, my, my family and my friends, especially my friends growing up, man, we just, yeah, I'm surprised we're still alive, honestly. Well, and that brings us back to paranormal because paranormal we're talk. all off topic. We spent 10 minutes talking about Bull crap. Yeah. Wee. That was funny. Rock on. <laughs> <laughs> I am totally going to answer the phone when you call like that. Rock on, bro. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, Ron and I actually had a paranormal experience together, actually, when I was like uh, 14, 15, over at his house one weekend, spending the weekend, and, and like his mom and dad had gone out for like a, a nice little like, you know, anniversary type dinner or whatever, and we were obviously old enough to stay home on our own so we're like yeah you guys go and we got the house to ourselves yay party time and uh ron had uh told me about like recent like things happening in his home he said and he couldn't figure it out and it, i remember him telling me this distinctly about like you know weird stuff happening like wrappings and knockings happening around the home when nobody was there but him um all kinds of stuff uh he said like the, the prime one was his dad started complaining a lot about, like, how he would leave his car keys, like, on the counter, and next morning go to leave for work, can't find them, and they're, like, stuffed in the couch. And, like, and I, you know, and I, of course, being the, you know, jerk I am, I'm like, does your dad have issues? And he was like, no, dude. You know, he goes, even I knew I saw my dad have the keys on the counter, you know, and he's like, he didn't touch them, went to bed. And they would f wake up and find them, like, stuffed in the couch. Or the, the weirdest one... I think, uh, and I can't remember if this was Ron or another good friend of ours, because we're talking about it, you know, when we were younger, but uh, actually found her keys in the mailbox that originally was in the house on the kitchen counter when they went to bed that night. So That's th entertaining. Yeah, because, dude, there's a lot of, a lot of like, stories out there of people talking about, especially with poltergeist activity, uh, and there's, there's definitely documented cases, uh, documented cases of poltergeist activity, of, like, rocks appearing from out of nowhere, objects disappearing from one location in a home and all of a sudden reappearing somewhere else but when they do an investigation bringing in professional teams and, and multiple teams they never find like an actual um intelligent haunt you know like you know saying well uncle fred who died here is doing this it winds up just being pretty much just winds up being a uh, poltergeist you know and a poltergeist of course means knocking ghost you know makes noise or noisy ghost but uh one of the you know Typical themes that goes along with poltergeist activity is yes, objects teleporting from one location to another. So that's so basically when I die, I'm going to become a poltergeist because I'm going to start messing with people. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But th the thing is, is that it's really hard to distinguish between a poltergeist when the poltergeist activity is happening, or between a just haunt that someone is there, intelligent haunt that's doing something. There has to be a lot of more contributing evidence to be able to s separate the two, such as. All this poltergeist activity happens, the rappings, the knockings, but then again, there's demonic activity, too, that happens with rappings and knockings, but that usually starts in the beginning. Things start getting far worse as times go by. So for the audience, and just to clarify, what's the difference between a poltergeist and a demonic activity? Because most people affiliate poltergeist activity with demonic activity. Honestly, every answer I could give you on that is straight-up theory. There is no definitive, well, this is what it is, and this is what it is. Demonic activity, there's usually other aspects of the haunting that doesn't happen with a poltergeist, such as the smell of sulfur, foul smells, uh, screeches, um, scratchings that happen on the walls, stuff like that. Poltergeist activity is typically more of like a telekinetic movement, where it's like, uh, like my phone sitting here all of a sudden just flip-flops across the table. Or we'll be sitting here and all of a sudden there's just an automatic of knocking sound just coming from nowhere in particular it's not like somebody's knocking directly on the table it's more like kind of like with an evp which means electronic voice phenomena it's called a disembodied voice where you hear a voice you don't know the location but it's like all around you it's like coming from somewhere but you can't distinguish exactly where it's coming from um 
so there's like multitudes of different things that separate the two. But demonic activity, it's more often than not, you know, with messing with the people in the home with scratches and uh, all kinds of other things, you know, really negative stuff. Um, opposed to with the poltergeist activity, it's really just like dishes getting knocked over, objects getting moved around the home. The teleportation, there was a church that uh, had poltergeist activity going on in the church. There was rocks that would all of a sudden from out of nowhere come flying through the windows and stuff. And literally, there would be nobody on the outside, nobody nearby, no kids being jerks, throwing rocks in windows. Like literally, they would just all of a sudden show up out of nowhere. Um, they've had rocks fall inside the church, not through a window, not from like through a roof or anything, just like midair, all of a sudden rocks fall in the middle of the church. So, yeah, a church can have poltergeist activity, too. <laughs> That's super creepy. Yeah. Just when you thought you had a safe place to go. <laughs> nope. Just when you thought it was safe to go back to the church. <laughs> Dude, you missed your calling. You should have been a, um like a commercial. That guy on the commercials. Oh, one yeah. man, one way. One man sitting in church, getting beamed by a rock. Coming next summer with Ryan Reynolds, Rock of Churches. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, we'll move on. Um, so, yeah, uh, and, and like we were just talking about, I mean, there's poltergeist activity that happens all over the world in all these locations, even, you know, sacred places like churches. There, you'd be amazed at how many churches actually have haunted activity. When you start researching... I dare anybody out there who's into the paranormal, just Google search haunted church and look at how many things will pop up. I feel like I feel like that's kind of obvious though, because churches used to have cemeteries. But so... but but just like he was saying that most people think that a church is safe, you wouldn't have that happening there. No, actually you get it everywhere. And you are correct also, Blue, in what you just said, because the main church in Key West, downtown on Duval Street, yeah. the big Catholic one, oh. that one used to have an orf- orphanage there that caught on fire and a bunch of kids died. Yeah. And there's been known haunted activity all over that church. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Um, I I don't think that necessarily when it comes down to hauntings that any place can be off limits. I really don't. No, that, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, it, it's just like for people when we had Rich Valdez on and talking to him about demonology and about demons and such or, you know, demonic possession and everything else. That literally gave me chills when he was telling us that story. Yeah, that because, gave me the chills. I was tripping. Yeah, because if there is any truth to demonic possession, you know, that it's so random. Nobody can say, well, you have to be a church-going person to be safe. No, there was people who were church-going people who were demonically possessed, if you look through all the documented cases in history. Um, oh, well, then... Uh, people who absolutely don't believe in that stuff, you know, it doesn't even bother with them. No, there was atheists who got demonically possessed too. Oh yeah, I mean, there it's so random. There, there is no real protection really that I can say against any of it, um, unless of course you use Lysol. No, I'm kidding. They don't pay us any money. I'm not saying their name. <laughs> is that why it's all off the shelves now? That's right. Um, when it comes down to demonic activity and and demonic possessions and all that, just like Rich was saying when he was on the show. It is so random. There, There is no – granted, there are cases that him and I both have experienced where people were doing negative things that we believe actually contributed and brought it to their home, such as a guy who was studying up on, like, <laughs> black you know, black magic, dealing with witchcraft, all this. And I don't mean like – like, I know a lot of people who are pagan who believe they're witches and stuff like that. I don't mean that. I'm talking about, like, really looking into, like um, – creating like negative spells on people and stuff uh you know and really heavy satan worshiping and i don't mean such as like we discussed before about people who are satanists i'm talking about people that really do want to follow satan and go kill other people and stuff and believe in sacrifices and the whole nine yards i mean there have been people out there like prime example maybe he wanted to be possessed by a demon i believe so this individual had reached out to my team a long time ago um this like 10 years ago plus had said that he had negative activity going on in his home, on in his home. Wanted to come check it out. He said that you know he had seen a demonic face in his home that would follow him around the house. Uh, he you know had the scratches. You know the, the whole king caboodle that everybody says happens when they have a demonic thing going on in their home. So this guy's telling us the whole time that he's not into any of that stuff. He's like, I'm an atheist. I don't even believe in heaven or hell or nothing of that nature and blah blah blah. Right. So we're like, okay, well we'll go check it out. So we go over to do the, the first meeting with this individual, start walking through the home, you know, and of course, 
like I mentioned before on air with with our show, people need to be observant of their surroundings because sometimes the stuff going on in the home is not paranormal. It's just really bad stuff going on in the home that maybe other people need to be aware of, like the proper authorities and such. So while we're there being observant of our surroundings, I start finding satanic ritual markings all around the home. I start finding books on it that are well hidden. Quite a few other things. And I asked the guy, I'm like, do you have a roommate? He's like, no, it's just me here. And I'm like, and you're an atheist, you don't believe in any of this stuff. No. Do you believe in the occult at all? He's like, no, I don't believe in any of that crap and blah, blah, blah. Do you read up on the subject at all? No, 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 no. Really? Um, did anyone own this home before? Like, I went all around the way to make sure that this is the individual that I'm talking to is actually the one that had all this stuff. And, of course, it was. And he finally came clean and told me flat out. He goes, yeah, I think I brought something here that I didn't want to. Ta-da! Now, imagine, <laughs> imagine, just for a second, I don't care if you don't believe in the paranormal, I don't care if you don't believe in ghosts or heaven or hell or demons or angels, whatever, I don't care. But imagine if you did, and you all of a sudden have an individual looking at you going, yeah, I was doing these rituals, and I think I brought something here that I didn't want. That's a very, like spine-tingling kind of moment feeling, like your spidey sense goes But on off. the other hand, how stupid are you? See, this is the type of individual that I probably would have turned around, well, good luck, bye, you know, because <laughs> I'm I'm that guy. You know, you play with fire, you're going to get burned. You yep. know, it's one thing to investigate things. That's the one thing to, you call me up, I come out, I check out your home, I investigate, see if there's something going on, see if there's activity, see if I can identify what type of activity it is. There's one thing. When you literally call it up and bring it in your house and be like, oh, my God, I didn't know it was going to be this bad. Yeah. No. I smacked that pit bull and I got bit. I don't know why. <laughs> See, I, I, yeah. <laughs> my dad has a saying, stupid hurts. Oh, stupid should hurt. I it agree hurts completely. For, it hurts for a reason, so you don't do it again. Yeah. I don't understand yeah. why. Play stupid games, get stupid prizes. Ding, 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 ding. We got a winner, Bob. I'm telling you, there are many, 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 many times that I have talked to people like that in the field, and even including other investigators, that were like, well, yeah, we did this and this happened. I'm like, what did you expect to happen? You know what I mean? It's like, what kind of outcome were you looking for? You know, just like, you, you know, like I just said, you, you smack a dog and you get bit and you wonder why. You know, well, maybe you shouldn't smack the dog. I mean, it's yeah. like when I was a kid. Like, I wouldn't go looking for anything paranormal. It would just happen, and then I would spend however long I was bold enough to spend, <laughs> to, yeah. you know, checking it out. Now, see, I I had things mapped out before, like I figured out that I can go to the local library and find like the map of everything. I had, I pretty much had. <laughs> yeah, I was an idiot. Real man, a genius. Oh, I was stupid. What, what would you say? Was, was would imply you stopped. <laughs> <laughs> well, you hang around me, so this what's to say about you? No, you're pretty smart. I give you that. But, I mean, I I almost had it mapped out to the T where these, quote-unquote, burial grounds were yeah. in the area where I lived. Like, because, I mean, I walked and walked and walked and walked miles. I found, like, old plantation houses. I found, like, old slave barracks. I found all kinds of, like, crazy artifacts. Mm -hmm. I found a, a copy of the Declaration of Independence, like, signed. Not, like, signed by somebody. It was still in it, like, almost an old envelope type thing. Did Nicolas Cage drop it? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it wasn't, like... Like that, but I mean, yeah. it was old, old. I mean, I found all kinds of cool stuff because that's what I did. I got bored and I went exploring, and I'd wind up in the woods somewhere because, let's face it, woods were everywhere. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that place, nobody has any idea what is there anymore because, I mean, a lot of people have moved on from the areas that they were living in. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, like, I would find myself finding paranormal stuff because here I am exploring like old crap <laughs> and 
just all of a sudden weird things would happen, and I'd, I'd have sure to a couple of ghosts are seeing you <laughs> come through the woods. They're like, oh, here comes another one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this one. I'm gonna make this one pee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was it, honestly, it felt like that sometimes. But I mean, it, I almost had it mapped out to a T. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I found, you know, that we actually had maps that date back to that time, to, like, colonial periods. I had all this mapped out. Mm-hmm. And it was legit. Like, it was almost exact because – and that's where most of the activity was happening. I was yeah. like, all right, moving on down the road. I don't need to be here anymore because <laughs> bad things will happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I tell you what, man, there, there's many, many times whenever you go do an investigation, one of the first things you do is it's just like we were talking about before. You view it as a court case. You want to gather evidence and research yeah, and absolutely. whole nine yards because, well, knowledge gives you the ultimate strength to know what you're getting yourself into before you go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, However, it's, there's always that learning curve and that curveball that gets thrown in there in the middle of the mix when you're doing an investigation and you all of a sudden have like paranormal activity that maybe this person didn't even have before. Like, like prime example, I had a person who told me that that they were hearing voices in their home, okay, and they said that they they would hear these disembodied voices at nighttime, uh, and they would have feelings of being watched all the time, and then there were certain times that they felt like somebody would touch them, like when they went to lay down. Like, five minutes after laying down, somebody would, like, touch their face, like, with their fingers over the top of their face, right? So, <laughs> all right. Uh, sorry, I just had a uh, when you said someone t- t- yeah. t- t- fingers on the face. All I heard was Dave Chappelle with five fingers say to the face. <laughs> <laughs> well, long story short, we go there and we investigate and and like we actually one of us laid in the bed to see if anything would happen. Like if we'd feel anybody touching our face or something of that nature. Uh, we of course did recordings all night to see if there was any disembodied voices. Um, we tried a few EVP sessions. We did all this different stuff to try to get some type of evidence, you know, to document there was something there. And now, mind you, the person said they didn't want it gone. They said that they just wanted to prove to themselves that they weren't crazy, right? And 90% of the times, that's usually what it is. Most of the cases I've ever had was not people wanting to find out if something is there and then going, okay, well, now I got my proof. Bring in Ghostbusters and get rid of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they just want to make sure they're not crazy majority of the time. So anyways, we were there doing that, and all of a sudden it, 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 we were in the room, and all of a sudden I hear, hello, just out of nowhere. And I look over at buddy of mine, and I'm like, great. <laughs> hello. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, right? And then all of a sudden I hear another voice, and it turns around, and it's like, I saw Sam. Who's Sam? Wasn't me. <laughs> and the guy I was with was named David. So <laughs> I turn around, and I'm like, uh, you're hearing this, right? You know, make sure I'm not losing my mind. And he's like, uh, yeah, I don't know who Sam is. I'm like, neither do I. And then all of a sudden I hear uh, a couple other, like, you know, sentences. I don't remember what it was off the top of my head now. Come to find out where this woman's apartment was located. Down the alleyway at the very end was a bar. The echo effect when people were standing on the corner <laughs> having a cigarette. The voices would sound like it was coming from her room whenever her window was open. And she slept with the window open majority of the time. So then I'm like, well, okay, we pretty much got this figured out where the disembodied voices are coming from. You know, what about the, the touching of the face and all that? So... We, we we tried to see if that would get recreated. We came up with different theories of what we thought it was causing. There's a it, cat coming in the window and no, like <laughs> no, no 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 cat coming in. But it wouldn't surprise me either if that was the case Meow. because it didn't happen all the time. It's just once in a blue moon. But no, mind you, she was said she was wide awake. She was like it would happen a couple minutes after she laid down. She would all of a sudden feel the face. I'm thinking my personal opinion. You had the bedroom window open, breeze blowing and all that. It could have been just a breeze that tickled her face and she thought. You know what I mean? That somebody was touching her face. Because everything else that was allegedly happening there, we actually figured it out. You know, like, especially with the the echo effect. But I tell you what, though, that was so funny because I'm like, you know, all I hear is, hello. And I'm like, (laughs) hello. (laughs) (laughs) Answering back. I had to answer back. I'm like, hello. (laughs) Didn't hear nothing. And all of a sudden we hear, like, you know, um, uh, who is Sam or I am. No, who is Sam? That was it. They said, who is Sam? And I'm just like. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Sam. You know, and I'm chuckling because I'm like, if I don't, I'm going to probably freak out. So 
we're chuckling and laughing about it. And what it was, literally, the, the moment that this was happening, it was a guy on a cell phone. So we're only catching what he's saying talking on the phone. <laughs> so he was like, hello, <laughs> you know, answering his phone. And then apparently somebody named Sam called him because he's like, who's Sam? You know, hey, that or is his wife calling? And he was wondering who Sam was in the background. Not sure. Not my business. But uh, so, yeah. It's so funny how, like, you know, the, the flip side of the coin where you think something is paranormal and then something so weird happens out of nowhere that you're like, uh-huh. You put two and two together, no paranormal activity at all. See, this is why I would prefer, like, if you – let's say you and I are going to go on the investiga- investigation. I would prefer to go in cold and not know a damn thing about the place at I, all. I agree. I definitely agree with that to a point. And the reason for being is because – my problem is when I have too many times where I've had people want me to come and investigate their home and they tell me this laundry list of like, you know, stories that happen with this home. I go there, do this investigation, and I waste a whole lot of man hours with a team of asking particular questions or whatever the case may be while we're doing the EVP thing and stuff like that. And then we research after the fact and find out that none of that crap ever happened in the home. That was all just made up, you know. Uh, time and time again, I can't even count how many times that I have spoken with people about, you know, maybe a um, urban legend that, you know, that happened in their neighborhood or whatever the case may be. And then we researched and found out that, nope, never happened. No, I, I get where you're coming from, and that's why you have a team. Yeah. Like, I I am legit the guy that you want to send in cold because I don't want to have any preconceptions about it. Okay. You know, like, they contact you because, I mean, obviously you're the more experienced of us, too. I'm a paranormal whore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But um I don't even charge. <laughs> <laughs> but they would contact you and be like, Hey, we got this investigation to go do, let's go. Yeah. You know, I I don't wanna know. I wanna know when I get the, I wanna know when I see it or when I feel it or when I smell it, hear it, whatever. And that is actually know? a good idea too. At the same time, you know I mean that, to play devil's advocate here because Teamwork. now you have no preconceived notions of anything mm-hmm. that when something does happen, you can't contribute it to the, oh, my God, they just told me about this. Because nine out of ten times, exactly. way too many times that people have had incidents happen in their lifetime, it, it wound up being because of a preconceived notion and thought they already had in their head. And that's that's like that's how I go into a lot of things. Like when I was doing charters, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't want to know much about them. I wanted to know how many people, you know, if there was children, that's about it. I don't yep. want to know anything about them until I meet them and fill them out for myself. That way I can adapt to the situation instead of yeah. adapting the situation to me. Well, it's like, the same thing with like, you know, just any investigation period. You want to adjust your theories to fit the facts, not yeah. your facts to fit the theories. Well, with a lot of psychics and a lot of mediums out there that do paranormal investigations or on teams or even doing their own thing for investigations – a lot of them like to do, you know, kind of like a cold call. They don't like to go in with any preconceived ideas or anything because now they feel like, well, anything I say now that I picked up on, well, yeah, of course, we already told you about that. So they like to go in cold with mm-hmm. nothing. Um, and I'll give you an example. Like uh, my buddy Steve DeShavi, he's on the Travel Channel on yeah, Dead yeah. Files. Okay. Um, the woman that he works with on the show, you know, Katrina Wyman, uh, she <laughs> – she does not do the the whole research, no nothing. They 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 block her from this whole thing before they go film, to where like no internet service, no phone, no nothing, where she could do zero research, all that, blah blah blah. Because she wants to make sure that one people will believe what she does is real, and then number two, because she doesn't like you said want any preconceived notions of the situation going on, right, and the location they go to. And I tell you what, majority of the time when she walks in there, she'll even do a, she's done sketches of people. That they found a picture of later on down the line that, yeah, that's the person that died there, and that's the person they were talking about. See, that that's my whole thing. Yeah. You know, just with my whole level of semi-empathy. Yeah. I'm not going to call it flat-out empathy because, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Can't control that sort of thing. But we got 20 seconds, so we got a GTFO. Yep. Time to go home. But we'll see you guys next weekend. We do have guests coming up in the very near future. We have Ken Boggle coming on March, uh, March 6th. He is our... Our, our tarot reading celebrity. Yeah. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.
who served in the Clinton and Obama administrations, warns the price tag might be too high. He writes in the Washington Post that a stimulus that large could threaten future inflation and financial stability. But White House officials pushed back, saying Summers is wrong. Greg Clugston, Washington. Americans